Hello, and welcome back to Inspire Fireside. I am here with Roxy Castillo once again as we form our circle of power <laughs> and clear the air quite literally. There is incense burning right now on the table. On the table. It's just a nice, relaxing atmosphere to get real, yeah. to, to talk, to, to get to connect. To into our issues together. Holy. Because you don't grow. Unless you really explore the issues that are on the table. All right, Inspire AD fans, here are my issues. Ooh. We'll put some uh, some polls up on the Twitter. We'll see how I should get my life together. Yeah. So you, the fans, get to have a part. You're also going to hear some clatter in the background. That would be my neighbor across the street uh, setting up his Christmas lights, going up and down the ladder like... Uh, like Clark W. Griswold. Mm. Um, it is a nice, brisk autumn day. It's brisk is brisk the uh, brisk is okay. the word. It's breezy. It's sunny. It's not too bad out. But we are being socially responsible, uh, which is more than I can say for a lot of people in the business in this state right now who are still running shows very stupidly. Uh, but here we are. We're distanced. We're outdoors, and we're going to talk about. The real issues. The real issues. Um, I had so much fun for the last fireside. I was very happy that we got to extend it because after we hit unrecord, what is it? Un just not recording. Um, we kept talking, and it just felt natural to get to continue this conversation. Really we wanted to. We wanted to capture that. That's what we're going for here. <laughs> We're Seriously, I mean, I, I really like the idea of doing something that kind of pulls no punches, that's very candid. Um, one of the things that makes me continue to want to do Inspire is uh, the idea of how f uh, familial it feels. Mm -hmm. uh, it does have a very family-esque vibe, though we do have our scrapes and arguments here and there. Uh, and it's never easy to do any sort of show, but I think um, the camaraderie is really what makes me appreciate it. And... Um, it's that camaraderie that I think only exists behind the veil of, of professional wrestling as a business that, you know, we kind of have to yank the veil back in order to share it with the fans, yeah. bring them in deeper, so to speak. And that's what we're doing here today. Um, and I'm very excited to hear what questions you have. First question is, do does like the Central Texas wrestling community, because there's several promotions... Do, do people have Christmas parties or like how do I know there's different like cliques and people who like work together frequently, but I just love the idea of like the Inspire holiday party um, and people getting together outside of show day because I be... realized how much I, I don't know about people yeah. and they don't know about me and we, you know, show day, show day because you're just so in it. But I would like love to get to know people just as people. Kind of like you did with Matt on the first fireside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure I know. I think a lot of people learned a lot of stuff about Matt um, and even myself uh, as we continue to do these. Um, and that's what made me excited about wanting to come back because, you know, I always have my my guard up a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I want to be diplomatic and, you know, sweet well, and kind. 
<laughs> and so until we got to the end, I was like, oh, I actually now finally feel comfortable to just say things as me and not yeah. this like idea of Roxy Castillo at Inspire Pro and that I'm allowed to have an opinion on things and to express them and to talk about what my actual experience was. So that's what made me excited about wanting to come back and chat with you more. Things don't get better unless you air them out. So that's definitely what what a huge part of this is. Um, and we're literally out in the open, in the air. Mm-hmm. And and for me to put this very delicately regarding the issues of diplomacy as we're doing this, fuck that shit. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's, I'll let you take the fuck that shit. Yeah. I'll still. Um, you no, know, you, you, you know what? You know, I've got a cat wandering around out here. That's Elliot. Okay. I'm D Wallace. You're the older brother. <laughs> We're talking about how dad has just run off in the middle of E.T. to go be with some woman that he's seeing in Mexico, but he hates Mexico. <laughs> it's an awkward scene in that, you know, E.T. Yeah. has that scene in the beginning where they're, they're eating dinner and all the kids have left. And they're talking about uh, family issues. And it feels warm. There's like a, a core of warmth in that scene, but it's still really uncomfortable. But you can still, when you're comfortable, you can get that, get that out. You can get the, you can well, pull. dad left. Yeah. At a young age, which is why I'm a performer. <laughs> he didn't. I love you, Dad. He supports me. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, throw a question at me, man. What? Uh, okay, okay, you already did. I'm sorry. Uh, the holiday party thing. Well, you know, I, I don't think it's... I can be honest about it because um, I think the people that don't like me don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of people just don't really get along all that well. I think that they get along in the interest of... Uh, cultivating, like yeah, it's like a you, you want to cultivate a healthy environment, and you want the companies to succeed. Um, there are a lot of people who are greedy. There are a lot of people who are selfish. But then there's a core that continues to return who really want the best for the product. Mm-hmm. That's why I've always been open to listening to people. If they have a new idea, if you care, I want to hear it. Mm-hmm. But if it sucks, I'm going to tell you it sucks. Yeah. You know? um, do people come to you with ideas, or do they let you and like the writers of the show, like how pushy are people? Pretty pushy. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't want to. They 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 don't really trust me. You know, it's 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 weird. It's like I said. It's like I'm so su- I'm supposed to trust you to do your job, but you don't trust me to do mine. Okay. And and regardless of the format, telling a story is telling a story. Mm-hmm. Some people are more adept at it. A lot of people do come to me with <laughs> with storylines, and I can't stand them. Um, most of them are like, oh, wrestler X has wrestler Y, who happens to be female, fall for them, and there's like, you know, <laughs> there's always this bullshit. There's always this bullshit. Someone, someone's trying to like pitch to me as an angle where, you know, there's some botched romance that mm-hmm. leads to like drama and intrigue, and I hate that shit. I yeah. can't stand it. So, um, and a lot of people though change their minds too, very, very frequently. Like they day of. Yeah. And I, I hate that. I'm the kind of guy that's like, okay, well, we're going to do what we're doing, and we'll explore this later. Mm-hmm. You know, there have been times where, as I explored recently on on, an, on the fate of Bla- the very first fate of black episode, I let everybody kind of run with that that show, and uh, it turned out to be, in my opinion, one of our worst shows mm-hmm. ever. It's it was just terrible, and uh, I mean, a lot of people enjoyed it, but there were still. Uh, corners that were very rough. Yeah. It didn't flow well, you know. Um, and I didn't know that I could be empowered to pitch things or to, like, ask for things. Because I always was under the assumption that I would show up, kind of just be, like, told what to do. Or it, it depends on who you are. Yeah. 
you know? I'm Roxy. <laughs> you're Roxy, but you're also uh, a very creative being. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who want to be creative who aren't. Mm -hmm. They want to be. It's kind of like writing writing in, 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 uh, in the entertainment industry. There are a lot of people who just want their DNA to be in the mix. They want to be heard. Mm -hmm. They want to have their fingerprint on stuff. I deal with, I've dealt with over the years many producers who don't have uh, writing acumen, who aren't good at storytelling, but they want to be creative. Mm -hmm. And so they will leverage their, you know, their, their, their power or position over you to try and insert their ideas. I have a really good story about this. I'm going to share it. And Lex can actually edit it out if he wants to. Yeah, I'll try to keep it brief. So, um, I, I, I wrote a screenplay many years ago. It was like one of the first ones I worked on, and it got sold. Mm -hmm. And um, it got picked up by uh, a film, this film division of a record label. And the first thing that they did when they brought us in was they, were, they, they said, we love this script. This is great. You're going to have to go through many tiers to get to the top of the food chain before we can give this little green light. And I said, okay, cool. So uh, let's talk about the changes. Because you have to be, you have to be able to roll with changes. You have yeah. to have a thick skin. Kill your darlings is what I've heard the yeah, term. Basically, and the script was sort of autobiographical, kind of centered on um, me as a teenager. I had a job as a night watchman at a cemetery. For, <laughs> of for course years. you so, would. Of um, but it, but a lot of really interesting things happened to me during that period, and so I, I kind of like borrowed heavily from from that and put it into the script. And the first thing that they said, the, the first guy, the first guy we meet with goes, this is great, but um, all the punk rock shit, you got to lose that crap. I think electronic music is the wave of the future. I think that's what young people are into. I really want there to be a rave in this movie. And I said, you want there to be a rave in this movie? Okay. Where am I supposed to put this rave? And he said, I don't know. Just toward the end, you know. We want a rave. We want a rave. The people want a rave. And then he said, and then I get, I, he, he has a second change. And I go, so what do you, okay, so what else? And he goes, I really want this movie to end with a speedboat chase. And I said, like in Short Circuit 2? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, just like in Short Circuit 2. And I said, so rave and a speedboat chase. Okay, I got it. So I go back. And I implement these changes as awful as they are. There's there are certain things that just don't fit mm -hmm. the grain of whatever you're doing, but you still do them. And then the guy looks at them and goes, "Perfect, great, beautiful." Let's uh, and then we move on to the next guy who has his own his own changes, and he goes, "Script is great, but we really need to do something to to kind of beef up the romance angle here." Um, and I said, "Okay." He goes. What we really need is, okay, well, I just recently went to this um, gender reversal camp where basically my, my girlfriend and these big butch lesbian counselors yelled at me and berated me and sexually harassed me the whole weekend. And I, I really want you to put this in the script. <laughs> I said, I don't see this having any bearing on the relationships in the script. You were just a conduit for them. Yeah. So I go... Okay, so I wrote it up, and I, put, I, I stick it in the middle of the script, and God knows it doesn't really fit. And then I have the big meeting with the final guy, the, the end boss, so mm -hmm. to speak. And I sit down, and uh, he goes, Guys, what the fuck did you do to this thing? And he's really <laughs> mad. He's like, oh, and I said, that guy told me to do this and that. And he's like, I don't want to hear your excuses. This is dead. Mm. We're not moving forward. And that was the way it ended. 
But um, all for a fucking speedboat. Yeah, a speedboat and a rave. In a, a gender reversal uh, relationship camp uh, sequence, which didn't hey. really, yeah. Yeah. So for me, coming into wrestling, because it's not my first, like, I'm a comedian first, I feel like I was hired to come in to, like, play these roles for, you know, whatever I'm doing for each promotion. So I want to be able to, like... yeah assert myself or to ask for what I need. I know I, f- I feel very comfortable at Inspire asking for that, but listening to Matt's fireside and hearing about the the bigger story of his, like, redemption. Yeah. I know that I had heard that when we would, like, talk show day. I would assure you that this was going somewhere, that it wasn't yeah. just being exploitative and u- utilizing racism as, like, cheap heat when and we're y- doing that. You would, you would explain that, but just, like, day of, I, I, I wouldn't know, like, okay, well, what what's the next story that we're telling in the next one? And, like, you had that vision. And just hearing how that's such a different storyline. Than what it wound up being? Than what it wound up being, but also just the intention of wanting to tell that story through Matt, like yeah. that looking back, it made me really proud to be part of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish I could have played, played it a little stronger. Um, that angle was really, that died pre- a premature death, mainly uh, due to the fact that there were people who were affiliated with Matt's uh, significant other who mm-hmm. basically just were not comfortable with it. They didn't like the, the image of it. Mm-hmm. And so, we were asked the king of the black women stuff yeah yeah and you know but it's like it it was one of those moments where uh it was kind of like this weird thing that fell in our lap mm-hmm. and instead of just kind of ignoring it we decided to kind of roll it into you know some dough and make a nice fluffy pastry of it. yeah but, and i still think that we did something that's uh, that was kindred to matt changing mm-hmm. you know we still had a really great moment in the ring that was very emotional that i i was very looking back i was very shocked that we went there and that like we did that because yeah. that was a very serious moment of like yeah. him in the corner and just so broken and everybody saying like it was the intervention moment mm-hmm. and that and it was, felt that natural was, it felt good and everybody was on matt's side yeah too. They, they were like telling the crowd very vocally was very much mm-hmm. telling Matt that everything was going to be okay. And I appreciate also Matt allowing me to have a moment to yeah. get to establish m- m- my character is warm and empathetic and not just, you know, bubbly or, you know, annoyed by him. I, I like that. I, I just really love that that moment and that scene that we got to have and I wish there was more scenes in wrestling like I yeah. I love the wrestlers who did theater in high school who clearly know how to perform and to like throw it to the back of the room and can emote and I just like I want more of that I want the theater did you know that Krusty is a theater kid really mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know that either um I think I think what also just in terms of how stories are told and how characters work, um, I'm a sequel junkie. Mm-hmm. I love sequels and I love a good sequel. There are a lot of bad sequels where basically you have a character who, particularly in the horror genre, a bunch of bad stuff happens to them, and they they show up for the next one. They get a break. They're not really they're not really changed by it. Mm-hmm. They're like maybe a little paranoid at most, but they don't they haven't really grown with it. And I think. The way that people respond to each other 
it doesn't have to be so absolutely black or white. You know what I mean? I, I think what I really love about your character is I view uh, the Castillo in our company as being very pure. And I think a lot of the time, one of the things that I have, I, I, I absolutely agree with the inherent goodness of social justice, mm -hmm. okay? But a lot of the problem with it is that a lot of people will be wildly cruel to these people who maybe behave a certain way because they don't know any better. Yeah. There are no learning moments. There's so many people that just want to, like, crucify other people, but they don't have the balls to take someone out in the street and shoot them in the head. So mm -hmm. what do you do? Like, what happens to that person? They don't just go off to a desert island. Do they move to a new town and act like an asshole there? It's just passing the buck. And so the whole idea of that storyline was to show how I think social justice as a model should work, mm -hmm. which is if you have somebody who probably has some inherent good quality about them, don't just throw them in a garbage pile or don't just put them on a fucking line to Poughkeepsie. Mm -hmm. Pull them out of their fucking dark cloud and try and help them be a better person. Helping know? them be a better person, but for me it's also understanding, like, well, where did they come from? And yeah. that's taking time to, like, get to know any one another. And whether that's in the ring as, like, these wrestling personas yeah. or just people in this community like and and this goes back to me asking about the christmas party where it's like are people friends like do we know like i feel like a lot i say people, people very broadly yeah. i know people are friends but i'm like how do i get to know you in a non like i'm not trying to i just want to know you as people <laughs> <laughs> yeah you want a mixer yeah yeah I just, a, a, Ice cream a little part. we we would have the end of the year like uh, Inspire Awards. I know that we did one once at the New Movement Theater. Yeah. And I just wish that that, like... I wish you could just do... Uh, I wish you and I could do a series where we just interview wrestlers. That'd be fun. Pitch it. Okay. Pitch it to I'm yourself. Gonna, I'm going to pitch it. I'm going to pitch it. I'm going to pitch it to you. Okay. Would you do it? I, I okay. would. Because I'd love to see you interview, like, say, Trinity, Like, T. Ray Watford. Like I a, would... Or, you know. You know, yeah. it'd be fun. Um, like, I know... Maybe I'll have you sit in with... Uh, I want to do one with JoJo. Love JoJo. I love JoJo too. Um, yeah, it's and I, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, people, I don't think I think people are have been taught so long to guard themselves in the business mm -hmm. that it it's natural to walk into that space and to be like, "Whoop, my wall is up." Because I do that a yeah. lot as well. It it well, people like you and I aren't really the stuff that uh, wrestlers are made of. I think that one of the things that's really fun about Inspire is that we use a lot of different people who aren't of uh, uh, necessarily the business, mm -hmm. but they can bring their own skill set to augment and make the business grow or be better. Mm -hmm. That's what I love about it, you know? Um, and that's why I love you being a part of it. You add such an extra wrinkle or dimension to a lot of the stories that you're telling. That's why you're so valuable. Um, and you can emote. You can bring a lot of different things to the table. Mm -hmm. Not everything has to be the same as it is like in San Antonio where it's the same guys running in circles chasing the same belts and mm -hmm. you know, like it's a little about telling the story in the ring brother you know it's that's fine yeah you know i'm interested in the story and i've i've appreciated having a place where i can have a story i am curious about what happened to the story of the portfolio the portfolio i think was just simply forgotten about yeah i think i think um and the shuffle the blind shuffle with dan and Chris being gone, mm -hmm. it was one of those details that I simply forgot about. And That's I, fair. It's really that dumb. <laughs> it's really that dumb. Well, I was you happy know? at least at the time that, like, 
Ethan and I kind of took off and that we yeah. found our dynamic and that he was kind of finding his voice because after Matt's inner in my timeline all right I had Keith for a long time then it was he's gone then I have Matt and you know we're button heads yeah. that's our story he has his redemption moment or intervention moment he doesn't have his redemption moment until much later but he goes off and he's you know we wish him well to get help. Um, and then there just feels like this little bit of time where I'm like, I didn't know what I was doing. And the portfolio came along and I was like, all right, this is it. This is like the thing that makes me put on the pants Things, and I'm like the boss. Okay. I know one thing that I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there were all these things that I wanted to do to kind of build up and beef up your stable once again. But then there were things that occurred where things didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, for example, the way that uh, Tim had to leave because he won the NWA title, mm-hmm. he was a champion, it kind of screwed up some twin dragon these stuff that we wanted to do. But what was really supposed to happen was there was supposed to be this moment where um, we had these mega heels who would have the twin dragon belts, and you were supposed to introduce Angelus and Delilah Doom mm-hmm. as a team. Yeah. And they were supposed to become tag champions. But then... Angelus had some problems. Delilah moved. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just... Just like sometimes you have best laid plans and they just kind of get torn asunder, you know? And you yeah. don't get to do what you wanted. But it was like supposed to be like... I love the idea of Doom and Angelus and you having this female champion team. And then, of course, Matt is over here in yeah. the corner just being kind of the pouty dick. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Krusty kind of up and coming. And, like, I think we did a really good job of elevating elevating him mm-hmm. you know so there were plans it's just it didn't that's very understandable and, then and very like, fair hearing that yeah um the portfolio moniker wasn't even really anything <laughs> real it wasn't real it was just like no. this, you had this thing and it was not real i kind of like you know it, as a prop as much as i <laughs> appreciate the like the idea of like building my stable i like that it uh gave me space to get away from this like secretary mm-hmm. you know because it was like the portfolio and I'm you know Chris's assistant or secretary or whatever and without the portfolio like even just the name of the portfolio I just felt like I could just be me and just yeah. be alright well I'm I'm a manager now just period way, in it the way we got flack for um, Chris putting you up for like bid or whatever mm-hmm. And I, was really I would love to hear what that flack okay. was because I did not, when I walked in on that day and the story got explained to me, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. I'm being sold? <laughs> They're like, that's how it felt. And also um, not understanding what the bigger story was to know, you know, like Chris and I would then kind of feud. But also I was so... I, I needed somebody to be there with me and then yeah. the idea of like Chris not being there with me or that I had to be my own person was really scary. But you were already your own person at that point in time as a character. There were a I lot think of, you guys saw it that yeah. way but like I did not feel that way yeah. as and a performer. I really thought it was time to kind of spread some stuff out and help mm-hmm. other people grow. It didn't really make sense to me to have Chris who was quite capable of really garnering heat and then we had Dan Ziegler coming up and I thought Dan going into that role that you previously fostered would help him grow mm-hmm. into something else. I mean, it's kind of like everybody kind of graduates from one role to the next. 
I got a lot of flack because people said, you're just treating Roxy like a piece of meat. And I was like, God, how myopic? Because the way that it went down, it, it served purposes mm -hmm. for character growth. It made Chris a heel again. Mm -hmm. It really made people hate him. And hey, that's the point. You're supposed to, I wanted you to hate him so that I had a foil. He's hateable. Yeah, and you don't need him. You didn't yeah. need him. You were yourself. You didn't need him. And you were this person who, in my opinion, could help build wrestlers. Mm -hmm. And I needed you to build wrestlers, but I also needed you to have a foil. Chris would become that foil, you know? Yeah. And uh, beyond that, the way that you responded was really important. Like, I had you smack the shit out of mm -hmm. Matt, you know? And it, to me, it showed that you had, like, moxie. Mm -hmm. It showed that you... I think that was the first time that I was physical in the ring. Yeah. And I remember being so nervous because he had to, like, tell me where to hit. And I was like, I have all my rings yeah. on. And he was like, can you please take your rings off? And I was like, yes, yeah. I can. Um, <laughs> but that was such an interesting moment for my character because, like... People popped huge. Oh, my for, God. I remember... I, I have a boomerang yes. saved somewhere. Of so people booed Chris. Yeah. And then you didn't just, you, it's not like the thing was, is that you were put in this position, but you didn't just walk off with him on a chain. Mm -hmm. You were like, there was there, the, I love the idea of someone getting what they want, but not necessarily getting it in the way that they think it's going to be. Yeah. I love the idea that you smacked him and it's just like, Oh, you want, you want this? Well, this is how it's going to be. And that's, yeah, I guess really that was. is that it, I I don't think about the perception of it, and I think about my moments in mm -hmm. it. And, yeah, that is how that is perceived. Yeah. Hmm. you He won a boss. Yeah. And when you win a... He, I think, like, the whole idea is that you when you win somebody, it's, like, their property. And I wanted to really, de de like, defy that trope, which is something that actually occurs in wrestling periodically. You look at when Nancy Sullivan was sort of in the middle of... Kevin Sullivan and Chris Benoit mm -hmm. and it was like oh the winner gets her or the winner gets Miss Elizabeth and yeah. it was like me kind of turning that trope on its head because I got to take moments that I've seen and are familiar in professional wrestling and it wasn't just you going off and becoming part of something it was you taking over yeah you you were like I see that now yeah yeah so I think the, the thing I really love doing is taking things that are familiar and updating them or doing something completely new that no one's ever seen with it before. Mm -hmm. So when Matt won you and you slapped him, <laughs> it was almost like you were saying, like, no, I own you. I did. But there were, um, I, Matt is one of my f favorite people in wrestling to, like, play with yeah. in, like, the improv sense. Because I remember during that era, I think we were at some gym, like some volleyball gym. Yeah. Yeah. Austin's Sports Center. And I remember we would go in the crowd in intermission or like after the show yeah. and just kind of do this like two man where he's like, come on, Roxy. And I'm like, I don't want to, but I'm, I have to. And he would like, we would interact with people. And I just, I remember the comedy of it. And yeah, you, you, I just, do you remember when Matt arm wrestled that woman? He, and then <laughs> threw me in. Yeah. Um, Stuff I, like that is uh, what, to me, like stuff like that is what makes the show a living, breathing thing, and makes people mm -hmm. feel like they're actually a part of it or in a world. They're yeah. immersed. It's kind of like a panic room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not quite, not quite a panic room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's so. That's 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 where I was going with that, and I think I achieved it because it led to that moment where you really helped redeem Matt. Mm -hmm. And like you know, it's about the long con. It's about the long term storytelling. And when. The very last Inspire show we did back in January, mm -hmm. 
where he came back. I was so surprised because I didn't know he was back. Yeah. So I walk in. Uh, I remember your reaction. To the Blue GD Art Bazaar and just being so excited to just see Matt, but also know that we were going to like work together mm-hmm. and then have this moment where I'm in the ring with Dan and like, I just love that that payoff, <laughs> I think maybe of like two years of, or however long. And just getting a moment again with him and people remembering. Mm-hmm. I think that's the part that struck huge, me as well. You got a huge response when you came Because it had been so long. You yeah. know, it had been a while. And the fact that people remembered our relationship, that people remembered, like, who he was within the company. And also were, like, cheering for him because his last moment in ring was so... Emotional. So emotional. Yeah. And then, of course, you had Will all day. Yeah. It's, I also love the idea that Will had, Will is an amazing guy he's also a theater guy he's so cool yeah yeah he's another theater guy matt and will was kind of like a dream match for me because Mm -hmm. they both to me have a very similar sense of humor uh they have a similar demeanor um it's that like swag mm -hmm. yeah and i really wanted to see them together but i also like seeing matt after being absent come back and be in the middle of this thing i mean matt wanted to come back and do a lot of really dumb shit (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to say it over the years. Like, in between his absence, he was like, I want to come back and do this. I want to come back and... I want to come back and be a tag champion like Barbie Hayden. And I'd be like, no, I don't... I'm sorry, Matt. That's not what you sound like. That's just <laughs> me doing a dumb voice. <laughs> um, I actually like that. I'm gonna, that's that's my new go-to for Matt's impersonation. Um, but, you know, I, I wanted to do something that... You know when something's right when you pitch it. And, yeah. You know, that's it was right at that point. I really liked um, the the reason that Dan and I had that moment was because Matt was like, "I need to catch my breath. I need, yeah. I like, I need a minute in ring. So if you guys can give us this little bit of time, yeah." So I was grateful for that as well. Yeah, because yeah. I felt like a big strong Roxy. I was a big strong Roxy. Yeah. And also, what's really cool, what was really cool about that moment was, and I, I mean, we've kind of flirted with it, but I love the idea that even though Chris is gone, you and Dan have really taken up that I know. just love working with Dan so yeah, much Dan's like great. I just he's somebody in ring that like I know I said this last time but like that I trust I know he knows how to like sell to the back of the room yeah. I just I he might be the best classic heel manager type I've seen in a long time just his energy yeah his physicality he is so goddamn grating and annoying and uh you know not to say and that, he stays in it yeah. he's uh, He's so wonderful just as yeah. a person, but I, I love show day just seeing yeah. people like stay in it and I I really respect he's, the shit out of that. He's uh he's definitely like kind of like Zabka from the karate mm. kid. You know? <laughs> he is he is Johnny Lawrence and I hope that I hope that when we come back we have a little bit more longevity and we have a little bit more gas in the tank because I really want to get to Dan Ziglar's Cobra Kai. <laughs> you know? <laughs> where, where we there, see where we see the flip, you know? Yeah. There's a I'm fingers crossed for that because yeah. that would be a ton of fun. Absolutely. But I was glad that we, I, I was glad that he trusted me to also, because I'm not an experienced wrestler by any sense yeah. of the mean. I can do tumble bumbles and little rope kicky things, and that's about it. And that he trusted me to. Y'all did great. Be it was a great, physical. It was a super great moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like. I feel like, yeah, it's, it's kind of fun explaining stuff because so many things don't really work out like you want them to, yeah. by the way. So, yeah, I hope that was illuminating to some degree. Maybe I'm not. I'm, it's hard. I, I wish that there were mixers mm-hmm. 
so that I could talk about direction to everybody, but a lot of people, like I said, some people just won't listen, mm -hmm. you know. Some people want to think that they know better. I think just because you get in a ring and you, you, you graduate a program, I don't think that means that you're good at telling a story. Yeah. I think it you can tell a story in the ring, but telling a story in the ring versus long-term planning. And that's another thing a lot of people don't seem to get is, like, one guy wants to do this, and it involves this guy, but I've got different plans for this guy, you know? And it's, like, all moving pieces, and you need to kind of, like, have everything kind of flirt and mm -hmm. braid together and make sense, you know? And that's... People don't get that. They think it's all about them, and it's not. It's about their position and how they graduate toward the top and, yeah uh it's a lot of intersecting intersecting pieces intersections how do you this is a big question how do you manage everybody's ego i just don't care okay it's really that simple yeah like i don't give a fuck like that's the thing that's the thing that i i've continually butted heads with uh crusty on mm -hmm. i I feel like, you know, I'm going to say, say this just to be frank. I love Cody Lane. I think he's a sweet guy, and he's done us really well, and I've really enjoyed watching his um, evolution. Um, but Cody started to kind of change, and I felt like he had less confidence in us and less understanding of how things can go. Sometimes mm -hmm. you don't. You know, it's like it's hard doing a show. People don't get it. You don't get all your dates ahead of time. Mm -hmm. You don't know what you're going to do. You, sometimes you have a month to put something together and sometimes people aren't available so you're just kind of like juggling stuff and trying to plug in everything in the right in, in the right you know into the right like switch on the board mm -hmm. you know and uh, I feel like Krusty started to kind of get that way with me instead of just trusting me and the thing is is that I'm never angling to do anything mediocre yeah I'm trying to put on the show where from start to finish it's a banger and I don't create something like that by making something lesser i don't do that i don't do an ebb and flow card everything is crazy mm -hmm. everything has to be crazy the energy of the crowd and the crowd is amazing our crowds are always amazing they are truly on they're on their feet truly the, truly the, yeah they're on their feet at the beginning of the show and then they're on their feet at the end of the show mm -hmm. and they're never off them once in between and that's really what i'm angling for i want everybody to come off their best mm -hmm. and sometimes i think people think that i'm just kind of like blindly throwing play-doh at the wall and that's not what i'm fucking doing yeah it's insulting well that's what i like about um if people are listening to the you know like people who work yeah. are listening to this it's like well just getting to know each other and understanding like what what we're trying to do here and not it's not just like oh it's just another booking or it's just another like place to be strong and flip Man. but that it's like it's it's more yeah and there's plenty of places where you can go do your one-off and get mm -hmm. your shit in all over the state. I really wanted to be the place that really lets people be more dynamic as personalities. Yeah. You know? Who are some of your... I mean, I know who mine are. Um, who are your favorite storytellers with their bodies? It's a dance. T. Ray Watford is one of my favorites, and he's like a guy that I really want to do a lot more storyline with because he had this battle royal where it comes it came down to Trinity mm -hmm. and uh, Will all day and those guys had everybody in the palms of their hands yeah. I think Will is amazing I think Chandler Hopkins is really good Yeah um Ricky Starks is That's just another He's at the top Yeah no one's better than Ricky um But yeah uh Delilah's amazing. Mm -hmm. I love Delilah. I like um, I like that I've gotten to know her more and knowing her story and how yeah. she got into wrestling and like I just 
I appreciate knowing that and that just adds such a different like color her. and texture yeah. to watching her and like wanting to root for her. Yeah, I do wish she had more faith in the things that she creates. Um, I can understand that. She probably it's, wouldn't have much appreciation for me saying that, but I feel like she had a character, mm-hmm. and I feel that ca- that character was diminished because people. I I suspect some people got in her ear and told her things that were contrary to what people were were responding to, mm-hmm. and I think that like just because somebody is somewhere in the business, and who fucking cares? Just do what's just do what's working for you. Mm-hmm. Do what you feel is right, you know. I think that also goes back to like managing the ego, but that's somebody personally having yeah. to manage their own ego and to check in because I was a Some people need an ego and don't have an ego. Yeah. I I remember the a big turning point for me in my comedy career was I was a hellion for maybe like the six for the six first years that I was doing it because I was like, I'm good. I should be getting this. Why am I not getting these shows? I should be on this festival. And just a little shithead about it. <laughs> and then I had uh, a real come to Jesus moment of like, well, why are you doing this? Like, what what is this for? Who is this for? Is it to get attention? Is it to, is this for, you know, your dad? Is this for like whatever the reason is? And then just coming to like, I just love being on stage. So when I can get to that point, and I, I, I know it's a process that comedians, wrestlers, any artist has to get to of like what is your why and you have to struggle to get that why but once you have it so is it just enjoying like wrestling or is it do you want to you know be at the top of your game be on wwe like i think it's okay to have those goals but just knowing very clearly what those goals are and how to manage your response to that failure or that or success there are a million people that i meet who tell me how great they are very few actually show me how great they are, mm-hmm. you know? <clears throat> and that's one of the things that I always appreciated about Albert and Ricky and a lot of the Super, super Academia guys was that they went out there and they killed it. There was no there was no sense that those guys were going to go, oh, well, this is just this many people or this is just this kind of show or this is, you know... There was nothing that was too small for them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys will come to you and go, yeah... It's a small crowd or whatever. And then they'll go out there and just kind of half-ass it. And it's like, if you're as good as you fucking say that you are, show me how good you Slam are. Slam it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you can't do that, then maybe you aren't as great as you think you are. Mm-hmm. If you can't make it feel huge, then you aren't huge. And that's, you know, that's that's something I've said to a lot of people um, in music and in wrestling. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, hey, I Hey, talk no, to some comedians. Oh, <laughs> I'd rather not. Thank you. <laughs> We used to do a, a, a comedy night at um, Beerland, and I did not enjoy it. I didn't. Uh, the Tuesday night. Yeah, I did not like it. Um, not not because I thought the comedy was bad, but just the insufferable personalities. There's there's so many people in comedy who very much have this mantra that it's like volume and vulgarity, mm-hmm. and that to me is. Hey, you're coming for my bit. <laughs> Come on, Max. Not even. Come not on. Even. No, you're too sugary. Um, you're not. You're not like. You're not like Norm Wilkerson. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was the? Um, because we've had stand up at Inspire. Yeah. Are you talking about uh, Homeboy mm-hmm. Mark? Yep. What do you want to know? What? Oh my God! I want to fucking kill Ricky. Um, <laughs> So, 
a lot of people had issues with that guy. Mm -hmm. A lot of people didn't like that guy. Um, Mark was a guy, Mark Glatt, mm -hmm. who w would uh, periodically do stand-up in the ring. First of all, I think his, I think he was kind of intended to be kind of terrible. Okay. And um, I think some of his stuff was so crushingly bad that it was entertaining. So the stuff that he would do in the ring, people would just kind of like shake their heads and kind of laugh under their breath. It was supposed to be kind of like, oh, mm -hmm. oh. Did he know that? He knows. Okay. He knew. Okay. Because um, I remember not, the he, first time Lisa yeah. and I were backstage and we were like, wait, why is there not music happening? And then peeking out behind the curtain and yeah. being like, what the fuck is happening? Why is Mark in the, why is Mark in the ring doing stand up? So <laughs> the whole idea for Mark was, okay, first of all, fucking Ricky Starks. Ricky, Ricky actually, I, I was being, he was being, I, in retrospect, probably condescending and fucking with Mark, but he was telling me that I should use Mark for something. He was like, oh, you should use Mark. You should use Mark for something. And so I kind of formulated this thing where Mark would go out, tell some jokes, and uh, eventually piss off the cool. Because mm -hmm. if you, I don't know if I you do recall, remember, yeah. Yeah, I mean, eventually the cool came out and would just beat the shit out of him every time he'd come out. Yeah. And the whole idea was kind of like, it gets the cool over a little bit. You know, not too much, because they're bullying this enough. guy. Yeah. But there are people who are going to like, it makes people care about the cool one way or the other. Mm -hmm. They're either going to love the cool for beating the shit out of this really annoying person, or they're going to hate the cool for being these kind of awful bullies. Yeah. You know, so. Let the man tell his jokes in the intermission of a wrestling show. There were people who were laughing at Mark. They're yeah. not at him, but laughing with his yeah. jokes. They, they actually really thought he was... Such a weird, quirky personality. Mm -hmm. He is a personality. He is. Um, but yeah, I mean, what I I, 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 I struggle with him because he he overthinks things. But also, I began to find out that people really didn't like the guy uh, mm. behind the scenes. I also learned that he had burnt quite a few bridges uh, in the comedy community as well. Do you know much about that? Um, not anything that I would talk about. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So what happens at Cap City stays at Cap City, R.I.P. <laughs> um, oh, man. No, Let's bring this up. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay. Velveeta Room. Is that still going? Uh, yeah. yeah. There's okay. drama there. Okay. Yeah. So I can't talk about the comedy stuff. Anyway, yeah. Mark was not beloved in the, com the comedy scene. Nobody would. Nobody told me anything. That's another thing. Is yeah. like a lot of times I don't find out about shit until it's too late, and then I'm sitting there kind of like grabbing people by the lapel, going, "Why the what fuck didn't happened? you tell me?" You yeah. Know? So like he was not beloved or endeared to anybody in comedy. He was a guy that would show up. He trained at AAPW, which is the wrestling uh, academy here, mm -hmm. uh, run by uh, Papa Don. Uh, uh, anyway, it was started by George Della Isla, who's an old NWA guy. A lot of really great talent came through there, including mm -hmm. Ricky Carson, uh, Houston Carson, you know, people like that. Um, I believe he was exercised from the school several times. He would go back, piss somebody off, mm -hmm. leave, go back. Um, you ever hear his music? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's time, folks. <laughs> we had <laughs> such <laughs> a good <laughs> time um, talking. Yeah. I try to be supportive toward toward people's endeavors in all, all walks. Yeah. And if there's something that I think that they can improve upon, I will tell them, even if it's an eight-page novel, um, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Novella. Um, people didn't like him in wrestling, but nobody told me that. Mm -hmm. People didn't like him in comedy, but nobody told me that. Uh, but the plan was mainly just to use Mark to do some stand-type spots, because he showed up. He set he up worked, the ring. He worked, yeah. He worked hard. Mm -hmm. I wanted to give him an opportunity. 
you know. That's what I appreciate about Inspire is that there's a lot of space for that. Yeah. It yeah. does feel like um, it's, it it's this work. quality, like, storytelling. It's this quality show. Like, I truly think of Inspire as, like, the best of the best. And with some, like, misfit elements of, like, we're just putting a show on. We're yeah, just man. trying to get this shit. Try, trial by up. fire is a real thing, too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to throw people into the moment to see how they respond. Some yeah. people sink. Some people swim. You know? Yeah. I guess my very first show at Inspire was that. Yeah, you... Technically. You floated to the top. Oops, guess who can swim, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> <Da-na>. <laughs> Da-da-na. Okay, so what, what, what about Mark Glatt? <laughs> you, did you have any other questions about no, it? No, I just... Does that answer your question? That does answer it, of okay. just why was there stand-up? It wasn't that we had faith in him as some fucking Lenny Bruce type character. Yeah. I just thought that, um, Mark... You ever meet somebody... And you're like, that person's fucking annoying. Okay? Mark was fucking annoying. I And I would tell him continually, shut the fuck up. Like, I have no problem telling somebody to shut the fuck uh-huh. up. Mark would be like, hey, what's going on? I got a question about this. Hey, guys. And then I'd say, shut the fuck up, Mark. Right? Like, I could see a shut the fuck up, Mark yeah. uh, chant breaking yeah. up fairly easily. But like you know, just like he'd come, he'd come up and bother me like eighty times during the show, mm-hmm. and I loved the idea of. I find him to be annoying. Maybe I could get some super heat out of this guy, you know? Yeah. Give him a purpose, because it's also like you know he shows up and he does his job every time. You want to throw somebody a bone, mm-hmm. you know? But. Hey. You're a kind. Hey, uh, you're a kind. Hey. We're good. <laughs> We're good. Okay. I feel like I feel like that was um, that was a weird moment. <laughs> let's, let's okay. Let's put Mark. Well, Mark, I believe left yeah. Texas. Yeah, you're very clued in. You I know. am. We got all Man. these secret groups in Facebook. Damn, we know. Dude. Yeah. What do you talk about on all these groups? <laughs> you talk. Do you say anything bad about me? No, okay, no, good. no, no, no. You're <laughs> you're good. It's just me and Lisa. It's okay. just yeah. It's just okay. we have a secret group where it's just us talking, talking shit. <laughs> talking horrible stuff we're allowed like we're like, allowed you're like the hocus pocus ladies yep stirring your cauldron look <laughs> i know who i am i have opinions i just keep them to lisa <laughs> she's it well you know what though you gotta just expunge that shit let it out say stuff that you gotta say because then we're gonna have to come back and do part three yes okay. um i think another topic that i was interested in is hearing your perspective on the speaking out movement that happened earlier this year and how that will affect how honest do you want me to be if that's on you no i mean there are things that i could say that aren't popular mm-hmm. um okay so for i'll 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 start yeah. by saying my piece about it yeah please do i that. did not so whenever i, I i've said this several times in the last episode in this one when I go into any wrestling space or any like male dominated dominated space my guard is up yeah I'm not there to be anything but a performer so I feel like I've I've been really good about setting boundaries about like you know not being too friendly with people outside of wrestling I feel like there's a lot that I have not experienced I didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. And then neither did I honestly. And then seeing all of the stuff come out just wrecked me and I'll be honest that it made me 
really consider like why am I even in wrestling like yeah. what why would I want to go somewhere and feel unsafe like yeah people flirt people that's that's one thing so, but hearing about all of like it, it just felt like everybody had a story and then yeah it just broke my it broke my fucking heart so here's here's why first of all um and then hearing about the shit that people that I've worked with and hearing them have stories against them yeah. and just how like I don't want to work with them I don't want to yeah. you know and who in particular I think I think Andy yeah, Andy. That I one? did not know. I did not know any of that. And if I had known, things would have been very that... different. Okay, so here's my perspective on it. When I had very much the same reaction that you did. It was very visceral, very like, fuck this, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. I want to pull the plug. I don't want to be a part of this thing anymore. Or like, why support people with this type of like ego or this type right. of like, right. oh, you're so horned up that you can't. But that's also like not everybody. Yeah. You know? There are some people who aren't like that at all. Mm-hmm. You know? There's going to be good people and bad people and, and everything. And the thing is, is that I was also there for uh, similar movements that occurred within punk communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure that there are a whole lot of really dark dogs in comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of occurred to me that wherever you go, wherever there is a hierarchy, there will be people who are trying to exploit them, their power over other people. Mm-hmm. This is always going to be a thing. It kind of goes back to discussions of rape. Mm-hmm. And sexual abuse, and a lot of the times, sexual abuse and rape—it's like an intimate thing by nature, but it, it's something that people use to control other people. It is a power; it's, a, mm-hmm. it's associated with power. And the thing is, is that what made me not want to go away as I thought it out was that I could walk away and let everything just stay bad, mm-hmm. or I could stay here and just continue to fight what I think sucks. Mm-hmm. And so. I felt very much that I can take this thing because nothing that ever occurred with the people in our company really, like, I wasn't made aware of it. Mm-hmm. And when I was made aware of it, I know that me as a person morally made good on it. Mm-hmm. When I found out that Brandon Stroud was a piece of shit, we 86 him. Yeah. When I found out Dalton was being a piece of shit, he was gone. Mm-hmm. When anybody that has been problematic, even my own kith and kin, Joey Ryan, problematic person, there are some inter- interesting things about his story, but I, you know, and I support him in terms of his wellness, mm-hmm. you know? And this um, goes back to when you were talking about, like, the social justice element. Like, yeah. I, yeah, you want people to be reformed. You want people to, you know, see that errors are their way and have, like, a, a learning moment. Yeah. But then how do you navigate that with, like, just physical safety in a very physical environment? It's very, like, it's very hard. And here's, and here's, and who can here's police an, that? And who can, you know, or, or who? A lot of people... Here's here's something, though, that I need to, need to kind of, like, get off my chest. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people, and this is not an excuse, it's that they don't necessarily know any better because it's how they were taught, mm-hmm. okay? Here's, here's, here's an interesting thing that I kind of learned about my own maleness in the last year. Mm-hmm. When you're a boy, people treat you within the system a very specific way. For example, when you're in... Uh, a sport or anything competitive or anything pertaining to physical education you will hear you suck you're a piece of shit you're garbage do better you hear that you get yelled at and so you start to think as a man that's how you talk to people yeah and it is not how you talk to people but because it's so drummed into your head and ingrained in your experience as a male people think that's how you do it but it's not there are a lot of people who do a lot of what they do without really understanding that it's fucked. Mm-hmm. And they need to have somebody stand in their face and go, what you did is fucked. 
and it's not right. Mm -hmm. And you have to kind of, like, you, you have to be firm, but you do have to have that moment where you explain to them what you did is wrong. Yeah. Because if you don't have that moment where they come to you and you talk to them, they just go off and do it somewhere else. They just continue to perpetuate the pain. But who and takes hurt. responsibility for that? You I know, have is to it do that, the, though, yeah. in, that, in that instance. Mm -hmm. I'm, doing, I'm not leaving my business because, first of all, everybody that did anything bad in my company, I confronted face well, as yeah. much as I could have in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I confronted them about it, right? Yeah. There are people, there are, there are also wealthy people in the company who never did anything wrong, and I just don't think it's also fair to let them suffer because... They're uncomfortable or... Yeah, mm. but also because they didn't do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. Why should I destroy, dismantle, and break down everything that I believe in and worked hard for and make those people suffer simply because there are these people who did something that was fairly mm -hmm. negative and, and kind of unscrupulous? That's, you know, those people are not right, but... I refuse to let them taint my company because the fundamental nature of my company isn't to like get help someone get off or mm -hmm. abuse somebody. I I started my company because I want to tell stories. That's really it, mm -hmm. you know. And if anybody, I think at this point it should be visible that if you have a problem, come to me. Mm -hmm. If you have a problem, stand up for yourself. I'll be right behind you, no matter what. Every step of the way, you have a problem with somebody, say something, and I will have your back. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't want me to fight your battle, you still have my assurance that I support your decision. If you want me to handle things in a specific way that makes you more comfortable, I will do it. Mm -hmm. All I can really do is, uh, this too, is we can only really be beacons that make the business healthier. Because mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's there. The same thing with music. In any artistic community, you're going to have this. Yeah. And it's probably been, it's, it's been going on for ages, you know. But it's time to, like, stop it, change it, and fix it. Mm -hmm. You can't just throw it on the pyre. You can't just burn it down. That's my opinion. I don't even know what to say after that. Well, I mean... Well, for me, it's just coming back when we do come back. How do I... Like, how do I feel safe? How do I feel... And I'm just asking this with my eyes closed, not talking to you, Max, but just, like in yeah. general of just like how do I allow myself to show up in that space without a you know brick wall in front of me and wanting to assume assume good intent with the people that I'm interacting with that yeah. I had already been doing but now it's like well who can I trust who you know and it makes me not want to get to know people or be part of the community because yeah. you know that that scares me and well, so here's here's an interesting anecdote that I like to mention. Um, I'm a big fan of Jack Webb. I do a show called Dragnet. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they did an episode of Dragnet where they confront an officer who uh, abused his power by beating somebody up. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he abused a black man. A white officer. And they interview the people associated with the assault, including the cop. And they ultimately find that the cop abused his power and has a really bad attitude. And the episode concludes with one of the most depressing quotes I've ever heard <laughs> on television. And Jack Webb, as Joe Friday says, well, the police department has the same problems as just about anybody else. They have to recruit from the human race. People are going to be lousy wherever you go. Yeah. You know, you can, all you can really do is hope that you can facilitate change and tell people what is right, mm -hmm. what is wrong. And just do your best to make people safe. I don't think there's anything, like, externally that I would ask of, like, hey, we need this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's just learning to trust and learning to, yeah. like, you don't need your guard up all the time. I've 
been fortunate enough to like feel safe yeah at most of the events that I've done so I think I need to soul search to figure out what do I need yeah absolutely to I mean, feel all, safe all I just I can really say is that you know in 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 the time that we've been doing this when there's a problem we respond swiftly mm-hmm. we don't hide anything the only time anybody and, and people question us all the time you know honestly to be frank with you if I may this, and I hope this is this is probably going to piss somebody off but I think I think fucking party world handled their business fairly poorly um it's not how I would have handled it mm-hmm. I think in any instance where we've had somebody who I find to be problematic rather than Rather than incur any, like, uh, any, I'm trying to find a, a, find a, I'm trying to figure out a way to express this, but I guess the bottom line is that when you know that a dog bites or you heard a story about a dog biting, Mm -hmm. you maybe give them some birth and you don't go near them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There are, if I have, if I hear a story that's negative about somebody and I hear multiple stories about someone who's, you know, kind of maybe a negative influencer, Mm -hmm. just not a good person. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit around while they. You know. I mean, the only person that I really had issue with, and I wish I regret using, is Teddy Hart. Yeah. And even though I don't think that the allegations were fruitful, I don't know if you heard any of that stuff. So he was a cute. So he had two sister wives, mm-hmm. who who he came down here. He got mixed up with some local women. They were mad at him. Well, the, us they local said, women will fuck shit up. They they well he was not supposed to be. You know, mm-hmm. he was committing infidelity. Mm-hmm. He's a weird guy to begin with. He raises he raises rare breeds of cats, and he has sister wives, mm-hmm. daughter and mother. And I didn't know any of this shit <laughs> when we brought him up. So he comes down here. He shacks up with a woman, and they get really mad at him. Mm-hmm. They trash all his gear, and then they, uh, they uh, file a rape report, which is something serialistically that's happened in their relationship. Every time they get mad at him, they, they, do, mm-hmm. they file a report. But then they make up, and everything's cool. But when I was confronted with the information, and I saw the report, everything that they said that he did, he was in Texas for. So they clearly were mad at him while he was in Texas mm-hmm. for something he did that was really bad. And, and uh, at the same token, I was never like... I looked at him, and I was like, I don't feel that this guy's a danger. I really don't. I feel like... He's really fucking kooky, mm-hmm. and he's around here or there for a night, and I'm legally, contractually obligated to fulfill this, which is thing, yeah, which is nothing that I ever had to deal with in wrestling before. Mm-hmm. I I don't have contracts with people. I have an oral agreement, and when he when I had to actually sign shit that was dependent on dates that he had in Louisiana, Mexico, mm-hmm. here, he was you know, I, he's also kind of. An, kind of scary uh in terms of his legal acumen just yeah you know and that's people get litigious it's scary and that's i think that and this is true in any industry in any like place i think for me because it's wrestling is so physical yeah and there's like an element of violence to it not an element It's it's an illusion though yeah but they're Saying that wrestling is violent is like saying that magic is truly mystical. It's not. <laughs> it is, Mac. I don't know what bullshit magicians you're watching, but boy, oh boy, is it mystical to me. Well, there's just the there's uh, the element of violence. And so then hearing these stories about people yeah. and just being like, why should, why are you 
hitting people. Like you're unwell. Yeah. Don't. But you could say that about uh, uh, you could say yeah. that about almost anything. Like yeah. here, for example, most performative art is physically cathartic on some level. Mm-hmm. Wrestling is for many people who perform it cathartic. Um, you look at people in hardcore punk rock. Those shows you have. I mean, I remember somebody attacked me uh, verbally once, and they said they were making fun of me and saying, "Don't you hang around with men who pretend to fight, who are like shirtless and and they roll around with each other?" And I'm like, "Oh, motherfucker, you're in a hardcore punk band. I've been to your shows. It's a bunch of sweaty dudes <laughs> with no shirts throwing <laughs> kicks at each other. Like, what's the difference? Yeah. What's the difference, really? Like, everything is like, you know." Rock, rock and roll is it's expository. People mm-hmm. are going crazy. It's a very sexualized uh, uh, enterprise too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you look at what happened with Burger Records. I know that story. Oh yes, you do. It, and it's very similar to what happened with wrestling, but mm-hmm. it, it probably happens in absolutely every genre, every form of art, every, anything. Like I said, anything where people coalesce and there's some weird hierarchy or power structure there you're, you're always going to run into people that want to lord over people it's a similar principle behind people who gatekeep mm-hmm. okay people who make up rules a lot of times people make up rules to keep you down and out mm-hmm. they don't the rules are arbitrary things they don't matter it's like people who told me that i shouldn't be run, running a wrestling company because mm-hmm. i didn't do this and this and do it this way well guess what i started i have it, it. yeah i yeah. have it i didn't follow your, your your set rules yeah i don't know if i just went off too much no i think for my takeaway is like i need to figure out what where i fit into everything and mm-hmm. like yeah wrestling comedy um other places like how do i protect myself yeah. uh, but also still show up with integrity and show up as myself and not be yeah. so terrified of the what ifs yeah and because gosh i don't want to be <laughs> there you know the, hurt <laughs> there are they're just the, people are shitbags by nature man yeah you know people are people are ruled by their libidos they're ruled by their quest for dominance mm-hmm. that's just the way that people are they're dumb animals no matter how intricate or ornate the the parade they're a part of might be it doesn't make anybody more sophisticated you know can i use that for my bio sure that's my new bio <laughs> she's ruled <laughs> by her quest for dominance i'll write it for you roxy castillo everybody yes <sighs> i think when you turn heel you need chain mail a giant crown and a sword and you should be pushed around on a throne I love that <laughs> oh no I love that I would love to play like an you know, like an evil like thrones. a yeah <laughs> an evil Roxy where it's like Roxy couldn't be here but her twin is here ooh I love that idea <laughs> you want to hear one of the dumbest angles that never got to be please okay do you know what Ronma one half is Mm-mm. okay Ronma one half is this uh, it's this anime where the main character, who's a male, when they get like water thrown on them, they turn female. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to do this angle where Jojo, <laughs> and he was actually down to do this. Mm-hmm. A- anytime Jojo got wet or somebody threw something on him, he would kind of, there'd be like a smoke machine that would go off under the ring and he would kind of roll on, under the ring and he would reemerge as a female wrestler. There'd be a new a wrestler that w- he would turn into. Mm-hmm. So Jojo would disappear, and this girl would like kind of like slide in under the smoke, and mm-hmm. Jojo turned into it. Fine, I'll do it. 
fine. I'll learn how to wrestle. Uh, I'll do this. Uh, so many good angles didn't happen because people were like, this is wrestling. Show some fucking dignity in class. And they're saying this is a rubbing baby oil all over their pecs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. One, uh, I feel like my final question that I want to ask, and I, oh, I don't want to give the secrets away backstage. Do it. I don't care. But everybody always gets their hair wet before. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it either. I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's a reason. <laughs> I just, it's one of my favorite moments being backstage and watching somebody get, like, they're the next match mm-hmm. and they're jumping up and down. They're doing their stretches. And then the last thing that they do is they pour water on their hair and then they do a hair flip. Yeah. And I always just want to know what that's like. Because in movies, don't they, they if there's a street scene, they that spray series. the yeah. water on the cement to make yeah. it pop more. I was thinking maybe it's that. I don't know if they think that like they just got in and they're running in and they just got done with like another fight and they're just sweaty all the time. So here's my theory. I'm going to call Biss in a second. Hold on. I'm going to actually, I'm going to call Trenty in a second. Um, Cause he's, he's really, he's kind of archeological when it comes to weird white mm-hmm. people things. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um, hold on just one second. So, First of all, I thought, I think like a lot of the times when your hair is wet, it's maybe more manageable. Okay. If you have long hair, because you can, it just, Mm -hmm. it's back. But my other theory is that when you do the blow and you throw your head back, it really kind of lends to the illusion of the impact of the blow. Mm. And it's like the, yeah. Yeah, there's like a kind of an explosion of of mist, you know? Um, But that's, that's, I don't hate that. That's my theory Mm -hmm. uh, for the moment. Hold on just a second. I'm going to ask two different people. Perfect. Okay. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, Biz? Um, I'm here with Roxy Castillo. You're on the air. Hi, Biz. I'm on the air. <laughs> You're on the air. We're gonna we're gonna call two different people because Roxy has a question. Uh, Roxy's question is: You wanna you wanna? Biz, why right before somebody's match do they wet their hair? Why do they always pour a bottle of water over them? Yes. Um, I, I believe, and I'm, I'm probably not the best person to ask this to, but um, because I have never laced up a pair of boots, brother. But, um, <laughs> hey, me neither. I believe that it is to keep the hair in a state that will move okay. better while they're wrestling. Um, you know, it kind of whips around more when it's wet and it has a little bit more mass to it. Um, because of course everything in wrestling is super aesthetic so there's that and then also as you like whip the hair like as you know you you have the moisture that flies off and kind of gets more of a visual aesthetic that's exactly what I said that's what he said hey what's up hey Matt what's going on uh, no, I'm just getting ready for this war games thing. All right, well, I'm here with Roxy Castillo. Ever met her? All right, hey, Roxy. Hi, Matt. Are we on the air, are we recording this? Yeah, we're recording this. Ah, uh, you did. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Roxy has a question for you. Matt. Okay, Roxy. First off, how are you? I am alive. Good. Perfect answer. Um, why do wrestlers wet their hair before they go in the ring? Uh, probably because it doesn't get a little poofy and look silly afterwards, like mine does. 
No, I, I, I'm not really sure. I think it's just to show that, uh, I think it's just to simulate that sweat and that, uh, that's what I that thought. Messy 80s look. Oh, okay. That's interesting. That's another. That's a different answer, but I like that answer. I think it's just aesthetic. I don't think it's for anything else. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, purely aesthetic, but for different reasons. Uh, do you have, do you have any other questions for Matt? No, I just you're awesome. I listen to your fireside um, episodes, and it's just really nice to like get to know you, even though we've worked together for so long. It's just it was really nice to get to know you. Oh, cool. Thank you. Thank I want to get in on this monster hunter. Hey, I need an assistant. If you want to be my uh, pseudo Renfield, that's fine. Yes, I could get a hunchback. That's my <laughs> oh one my stipulation. I need a hunchback and, and like a like a slur. Okay, yeah. The slur. Whoa, like, whoa, whoa, calm down. No, no. <laughs> no, not that. I mean, the king of the black woman went as far as we can go without <laughs> Not that type of slur, but like a, like a, like a lisp. I think that's the word I oh. should have used. Like a, yes. <laughs> okay. okay. You just show up with a hunchback and a lisp. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to ask for any character development outside of that. It's yeah. like, oh, okay. No that's, that's, yeah, that's already overkill. Mm-hmm. All right, Matt. Well, I'm gonna let you get back to it. Thanks for uh, thanks for your time. No problem, guys. Have fun. Bye. 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 What a delight! Isn't he? He's adorable? just so delightful. I love him. I love that guy. Hey, thanks for getting that answer for me because that was probably my yeah biggest question that yeah. I had. Yeah, it's purely... and how do they get so strong? <laughs> that's my next. That feels like a whole other episode, but yeah. I, that's another really dark, dark <laughs> segment of. Yeah. I always have the fantasy of when we come back. You know, like when you would go on summer vacation and you're like, "I'm going to come back different. I'm going to cut my hair. They're not going to recognize me next year. I'll be cool and popular." That's what I want to happen in when I when we all come back. So you're going to come then, back as Zach Morris? Yep. <laughs> I just want abs. I just want to be ripped and and then to like have learned how to wrestle in between here and there and then to like well you better get to work because uh, you know they found that vaccine so man my abs I got I don't have abs I don't know why I'm (laughs) they're there pretending you just have to water them every day no (laughs) (laughs) she's very tired no alright well uh, it's been it's been fun Uh, thank you very much for joining me once again and uh if you ever want to do this again, you need do nothing more than dial my number and we'll sit Yay. down. And uh, and I think the person I know last time I said I would love to hear Steve-O. Mm-hmm. I also, thinking about it, would love to hear JoJo. He is yeah. so interesting. I, He's I'm one of my favorite on people to like talk to just yeah. in general, but also wrestling. And like he just has he's just so out there in the best way. Steve-O I want to do, but I got to get him away from going to shows all the time. Like that's that's yeah. my only thing, but you know I could probably distance it and do it here again out, mm-hmm. out on out here. But I'll see. I'll talk to Steve soon and see what we can do. Um, but yeah, you know, have you ever really looked into JoJo's eyes? He has beautiful eyes. Doesn't he have beautiful eyes? I remember. I don't know. Uh, you sh- you need to next time you're 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 around him. You need to just have a moment silently 
look into his eyes. Because you know what I used to say when I first met Jojo and really got to know him? I said, and this is before I had children, I said, I want to have children <laughs> just so that Jojo can look into their eyes and read them bedtime stories. Oh, I don't think I've ever looked him in the eyes. You gotta. Oh, I yeah. always just put my tail in between my legs whenever I meet wrestlers and I'm like, hello. You gotta, you gotta stop it. Jojo's one of the most warm yeah. people on the planet. But anyway. He's awesome. Probably probably coming very soon. Yay. Honestly. Well, thank you so much for having me and uh, the candidness. And I, again, just love Inspire so, 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 so much. And the glimmer of hope that whenever we do come back, there is going to be a back. Absolutely. And that really gets me through. Also, let's just say Merry Christmas. Hey. And happy Happy Hanukkah New Year. And uh, Merry New Year. My birthday is this week, so you guys can all say happy birthday to me. Yeah. Well, but we'll probably be hearing this one on Christmas. Yeah, well, happy birthday to yeah. me. Did you get screwed out of presents a lot as a kid? Yes. I'm sorry. That's okay. Well, hopefully the next year makes up for that. Anyway, thanks, guys, uh, for joining us, and hopefully we'll see you soon uh, with another exciting uh, staple guest. Thanks. Thanks.